out there. This is People Ablaze podcast episode number one. And I want to jump right in and let you know, well, first, my name is April Babb. That might be important. I'm a little excited about this word the Lord's given me. I am a part of a ministry called People Ablaze Ministries, and we are located in North Augusta, South Carolina. Um, My husband, Paul Babb, and myself also co-pastor a church the CSRE Worship Center in Belvedere, South Carolina. We also are so grateful to be able to be a part of Your Morning Manna, which is a radio um, program, Facebook Live program, and YouTube program out of New Ellington, South Carolina. God is good. Please hook up with all of those things. But today I want to bring you this exciting word that God has given me. And for me, this is revelation. Revelation. So I have been reading through Genesis this year and um, uh, stuck right now in the story of Joseph. And we all love his story. There's so much good things to glean from his story. So many things to glean. But today I want to discuss um, part one of really a two-part series, which the second part will be released next week. But today I want to tell you, the enemy has a deception that he has used um, probably since the beginning of time because his plans don't really seem to change much. And this deception, I'm going to call it the this is it deception. This is it deception. Have you ever been in a moment in your life when you have a promise from God and you believe God and you know he has spoken to you, whether he's given you a dream or a scripture or someone has shared something with you or it's just a promise of God that he has granted all of his children and you have this promise and you're praying and you're believing and you're standing in faith that this promise in your life is going to be fulfilled and things start to happen in the natural and you see something happen. So um, maybe uh, there's a new job opportunity or maybe there's a new relationship that opens up or maybe there's something exciting on the horizon and what do you know? You tell yourself, this is it. You get so excited. This must be it. This must be the avenue that God is going to use to bring this promise to fulfillment in my life. I mean, it just has to be. This has to be it. And so we get ourselves so excited. We get our emotions all high. And then usually what happens is it does not turn out to be it. It does not turn out to be the door that opens up to that promise. Usually what we think it is, usually is not. And this revelation came to me today. The Lord asked me the question and said, what does shaken faith look like? I'm like, well, Lord, it looks like I believe you, but then, you know, bad things happen. So I I waver and say, oh gosh, you're not doing it, Lord. He said, yes, it does look like that, but there's a second component to wavering faith. I'm trying to get, there we go second component to wavering faith and that is this that is when something good happens and you tell yourself or rather you believe the lie of the enemy that this is it this is going to be the thing that has unfolded that God is using to bring me to my destiny and guess what when that ain't it 
we fall and waver in our faith. And the truth is, even seeing something really good happen and getting all emotional about it and all excited, this is it. That's a wavering faith. Why? Because faith can only be, true faith can only be based, this is going to, this is going to shock us into reality. True faith can only be based in the unseen. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So if my faith is wavering or teetering or jumping up and down because of something I see, well, then my faith was based on what I see. So we have to be very careful about that. So I want to go to the story of Joseph. And I don't want to make this very lengthy because I feel like this word doesn't have to be lengthy and that we can receive it in just a short time. But that if we receive it, it'll carry through with us for a very long time. The story of Joseph goes like this. He had a dream. He had a promise from God. And this promise was showing that his brothers and even his father would really bow to him in submission. I don't believe it was ever in a worshipful way, but it was in submission. It was showing Joseph that, man, there's, there's promise on your life. There's destiny for authority on your life. And wow, he was so excited. He's like, I have a promise from God. What am I going to do? I'm going to go share it with my dad and my brothers because this is it. I'm going to share it with them. They're going to receive this word. And then boom, I'm going to be an authority. Like this is it. He goes, he shares. It does not go well at all. It definitely was not it. It was not the, him telling them was not the open door for it happening. And, oh, so, of course, you all know the story of David, um, but we're talking about Joseph. <laughs> you all, and David has his own, this is it, opportunities to be let down. But we're talking about Joseph. <laughs> Listen, this podcast is going to be real. It's going to be real. It's not going to be produced or professional. It's just going to be real. And so, people ablaze, people set on fire. Uh it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be fiery. So here we go. Hallelujah. We all know the story of Joseph. Joseph had this dream. He told his brothers. His brothers were very jealous because his father favored him. What did they do? They hatched a scheme to put him in a pit. So Joseph finds himself in a pit, deserted by his brothers, really not knowing what's going to happen next. And he is found by Midianites, I believe it was, and sold into slavery into Egypt. This looks like the opposite of what's supposed to happen. So it would be very easy for Joseph, with all of these bad things, to have wavering faith. That, that makes sense to us. We understand that. But then Joseph is on the auctioneer block as a slave in Egypt, taken to another land, to the greatest uh, empire that was currently there in the world, largest empire. And all of a sudden, there's bids. Because Joseph is young and strapping, and Potiphar outbids everyone else and probably a servant of Potiphar I would think and takes him to Potiphar's house this might be it Potiphar's captain of the guard for Egypt Potiphar is is like a military man and has authority and is well revered and one of the um one of Pharaoh's eunuchs and like this is a big deal this is it oh my gosh I see how it's working out, God. He's telling, you know, if he had friends, he'd be telling them, this is it. I promise you, this is, this is 
it. Pharaoh has purchased me. I'm going to be placed in authority. My brothers are going to have to kneel. Pharaoh brings him in the house, and it's looking like it. The Bible says that he has favor with God. Pharaoh promotes him to the head of his household authority, and things start to flourish in um Potiphar. Things start to flourish in Potiphar's home. And all of a sudden, crash, here comes Potiphar's wife. She wants David. He says no. He wants to honor Potiphar. And he wants to honor God. And so with that, he is accused and thrown into not the palace of authority, but prison. But prison. Hold on a minute. This was it. What, what in the world? Can you see where his faith could be shaken? He thought that was going to be the way. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm indulging a bit, but I'm thinking if I were Joseph, hmm, that's what I'm thinking. So he's thrown into a prison, but he's thrown in with the Pharaoh or king with his prisoners. He's thrown into the prison with the king's prisoners. So... We see very quickly God favors him and prospers him in the prison. And he is placed, what do you know, in authority over all the prisoners. And he has to be thinking, this, this just might be it. You know, I'm in charge here. Um, God is showing me favor. Th this is it, guys. I'm going to get to that place. And it just doesn't happen. Well, we see two of Pharaoh's prisoners are thrown, a baker and a cupbearer. Of course, you know, they have a dream both. One of them dreams that, um, and Joseph interprets their dreams to mean one of you in three days will be beheaded. One of you in three days will be restored to Pharaoh's table, the cupbearer. And he says, cupbearer, listen, when your dream comes to pass, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Tell Pharaoh about me. Tell him about my skills to pay the bills, to interpret the dreams. Oh yeah, this is it. Oh goodness. Can you feel the roller coaster? Can you feel it? And, and what the enemy does if we let him, is he takes an expectation of this is it, and he ties it to our emotions, and all of a sudden, this is it, Pharaoh. Oh, he's going back to Pharaoh. Surely, Pharaoh's going to be calling for me. My brothers are going to be bowing. I'm going to be in authority. And two years later, that wasn't it. Oh, that wasn't it at all. Oh my gosh, will this ever happen? Do you see the tug of war? that the enemy wants to play with us. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving here. Two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh finds out, of course, from the cupbearer who all of a sudden remembers Joseph. And I almost wonder if that was God's doing for him to not remember him for those two years because God was working on Joseph too. He remembers Joseph. He tells Joseph is summoned, cleaned up, made to look presentable. And it's brought before Pharaoh and interprets his dream. Surely this is it. I mean, Pharaoh's just heard my interpretation. He's heard my wisdom. We're going to collect grain for seven years. Then when the famine comes, we're going to be ready. Oh my gosh. Pharaoh just told me I'm number two in all of Egypt. Oh my gosh. This is it. Like this is totally it. God is doing it. This has to be the door. This has to be the way for my brothers to come and bow. For years later or at least seven seven that we know of there was seven years of plenty we know they didn't come during that period and somewhere between year 8 and 14 that, and I, I'm thinking 
probably was a few years into the famine. Probably not immediate because it had to strike the land in Canaan enough for them to be desperate. Somewhere along the way over there in Genesis 42, Jacob says, Boys, now you got to think, Joseph would have thought that when Pharaoh called him to number two, that would have been the moment. This is it. 14 years. Well, let's just call it eight to 14 years. It wasn't in a day. It wasn't in a year. It wasn't in a moment. It was time. So Pharaoh calling him to number two, that was not the open door. That was not it. Mm, mm, mm. Time passes. The brothers hit famine and get desperate. Their father, Jacob, says, go to Egypt. I hear that there's grain there, and you need to listen to episode two to find out the amazing truth that we learn through what Jacob does. Jacob hears that there's grain in Egypt, and then the Bible says he sees that there's grain in Egypt, and lastly, he says, there's grain in Egypt, boys, go get it. You need to listen to episode two to get it, get that good goody. But let's keep going. The brothers go, find themselves in Egypt. They're starving. They're humiliated and humble at this point. And we see Joseph just on an average day of handing out grain. Any old normal day, nothing monumental happened different that day for Joseph. He got up. He put on his Egyptian wear. He put on his signet ring given to him by Pharaoh. He kissed his wife. He kissed his boys. And he went out to oversee the grain distribution. He wasn't thinking, this is it. Today's the day. He wasn't thinking that. And he, he stands and he sees. He sees ten. Ten men come. And he begins to recognize each face. And they bow before him in that moment. You see, when you arrive at the promise, most of the time, nobody knows. Most of the time, you don't even recognize it yourself at first. <laughs> oh, but it did happen. And they did bow. And there was a beautiful reconciliation and a redemption and that is a, a wonderful story but my point to us today is this the promises of God in your life those are what you need to have faith in you do not need to let the devil tie your heart to events oh this is it this is it it's gonna happen oh my gosh and you're let down again nothing in the natural nothing tangible nothing seen or touched or felt should make your faith waver, whether waver up or down. Man, this is a powerful revelation. And I believe that the enemy can and does prolong these promises from our lives because he's able, through us allowing him to, to tie our emotions, to tie our expectancy to these physical things we see. God's told you he's going to prosper you. God's told you he's going to help you get out of debt. So all of a sudden on Facebook, you see they're hiring at so-and-so. Oh my gosh, th th this is it. This is it. Well, is it? I don't know. It may be. It may not be. But even if it is, our faith is not in the job opportunity on Facebook. Our faith is in the promise. That way we don't waver up or down. I, I I have this thing in me, uh, this, this, 
emotion or perception or probably the Holy Spirit just speaking that when I talk with people and I can hear in their voice, oh my gosh, God has promised me this and oh, there's this opportunity coming and it's just it. And I, I just feel the crash in my heart knowing that they have put their expectation in that thing. And if it does pan out, it's dangerous because next time they're going to put their expectation in something physical as well. And if it doesn't pan out, it's going to be disastrous because their faith is going to be shaken. This is it. Is a deception. It's a deception. If God has promised you something, this is it is the moment he said it. It's the moment he said it. We're looking around with our eyes. We're trying to see, okay, he promised me this. Where is it? Well, that's it. This is it. That's it. No. When it comes to your life, it will be through his hands, not through your intellect of figuring it out. And you'll drive yourself crazy trying to do just that. What a great way for us to begin this People Ablaze podcast, um, you know, series. Um, I don't really know what it will be, and I'm not going to try to pretend. It's what God wants it to be. I'm not a professional, and I never will be. But I'm a pursuer of his presence. And I'm not perfect. Oh my. But I serve one who is. And I pray that this today has been a revelation for us. You can look through the word time and time again. um, And see people that God gave a promise to. And they got off track because they said, this is it. This is the way to the promise. And they walked away from God trying to get his promise. Think about Saul. Um, think about Samson. David had had um, opportunities to think this is it. You know, he stood behind Saul. He had been told, you're going to be king. He stood behind the king that was doing evil and had an opportunity to kill him. And I'm sure the enemy's going, this is it. This is it. Kill him. Get rid of him. This is it. This is your chance. David said no. Things like that. And so, oh man, I love this word today. I bless all you in the name of Jesus. I say to you that mm, your heart is not tied to anything seen or unseen, but rather to what God has spoken, which is seen by the Spirit. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but you can't see His promise with your physical sight, but it is seen in your heart. And I'm going to close with this, and you'll hear this on episode two. Jacob lived in Canaan, not in Egypt, but uh, Genesis 42, 1 says, Jacob saw there was grain in Egypt. How in the world? There wasn't Facebook. There wasn't television. How did he see? Well, he saw it with his faith. And the reason he could see it is because in verse 2, he had heard. So the first thing we have to do is we have to hear from the Lord and then see what he has promised us with our faith, not with our physical site. I love y'all. Have a blessed day. If you are in the CSRA, which stands for the Central Savannah River area, if you live here, you know what it is. Please join us at the CSRA Worship Center on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. 
for the service at 9.30 a.m. for our Discovering class, which is incredible, with Pastor Brian and Betsy Davenport. Join us Tuesday nights at 6.30 for our um, Tuesdays Together prayer time for an hour, just an hour. And every first Friday of the month at 6.30, we have Family First Friday, which is the whole family coming out, and we meet together and eat and just have an amazing time together. Love all of you. The church is located at 116 Wildy Drive in Belvedere behind the Pot Smoker Barbecue Restaurant. So after church, you can get some barbecue. God bless. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 